So we haven't uh, we haven't looked at uh, what's going on in the world in a while, so I figured this would be a, a good time as any t- to take a look and see what things going on. That's what I was going to ask you too before we're at least. I was going to say what do you think about everything that's going on before you said that. Okay. Um, let's uh, read from the Bible. Uh, some people would say we don't need to worry about what's going on. The Lord will provide and, and truly will, but... He's also commanded us to watch for the signs of the times explicitly. uh, I'll read from Mark chapter 13, and it kind of gets into what I wanted to go over, or what kind of keyed my mind into doing this today. And uh, we'll pick up with Luke next week again and kind of wrap that up. Mark what? 13. We'll start in Mark 13, 28, and Christ speaking. Now learn a parable of the fig tree when her branch is yet tender and put it forth leaves. You know that summer is near. And so in like manner when you shall see these things come to pass, know that it is nigh even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be done. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But that day and hour knoweth no man, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take ye heed, watch, and pray, for you know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is a man taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his subjects, and every man his work, and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for you know not when the master of the house cometh, at evening, at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. So Christ has commanded us to watch for the signs of the time. And just prior to that, we read, he told us to learn a parable of the fig tree. We've went over that a few times, and just here recently when we covered Luke chapter 21, we went over that, and we discovered that through the teachings of the Bible, that is, that generation begins, as far as we can tell, when the nation of Israel came back from being scattered among all the nations, or not the nation of Israel specifically, but the tribe of Judah, and they named their modern nation Israel. So specifically, the tribe of Judah was to return to the Holy Land and Jerusalem. And that happened in 1948, and they retook Jerusalem in 1967 and back in throughout time since this was written like 2,000 years ago a lot of people said that he was speaking to the people that was there on the temple mount when he says verily I say unto you this generation shall not pass till all these things be done but we know that that generation is dead and gone and we're still here but the when he tells us to learn of the fig tree generation, that is the generation that shall not pass according to the Bible. And then he told us to watch. Now, let me ask you again, though, but because we're the fig tree generation, you said because we're since 1948. Um, 70 years has passed, ain't that? I heard something about that. We well, could do the math, it's more, it's more than 70 years. This was when Israel returned from, or the tribe of Judah returned from 
being spread throughout all the nations and they set up a self-government in Jerusalem. That's the first time in 2,000 years or maybe 2,500. They didn't really have much self-rule after the Babylonian captivity. Then the Romans ruled them. They were their separate people. But then in um, AD 69 and AD 134, there were rebellions and the Romans finally destroyed them out of the Holy Land and scattered them where they no longer had self-government, and then they lived in all the nations until 1948, and then they reclaimed control of their homeland. So where, where did the fig tree come in? Um, I won't have time to cover it, but remember we went to all the different places where it says learn a parable of the fig tree. When it her branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, know that summer is nigh. Summer is the time of the harvest, and the harvest is equated with the end of the world, or the end of this age, really. Not the end of the world, but the end of this time. And we went to, Matt, uh, to Jeremiah chapter 24, when the baskets of figs, the good yeah, and the yeah, bad, okay, and they were put back in Jerusalem, specifically at the temple. Yeah, I I, I'm sorry for asking, I just wanted to... No, that's... That's um, understandable. These things, it's like learning anything. You have to go back over and uh, review, and then uh, that keys things in our mind. So, we'll turn also to Jer- uh, to Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 3. Ezekiel chapter three seventeen. God giving commands to the prophet Ezekiel to watch. Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Now watchmen were the people on the walls and they would look out and see, look for the signal fires to warn of the approaching enemy or, or trouble. And they were very important. They, they looked ahead to, to watch for trouble coming so that the people could be warned. I have made thee a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word of my mouth and give warning from me. When I say unto the wicked, Thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning, nor speaketh to warn the wicked from his wicked ways to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his inequity, but his blood I will require at thine hand. Yet if thou warn the wicked, and he turn not from his wickedness, nor from his wicked ways, he shall die in his inequity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. So he commanded the prophet Ezekiel to to watch, and much of uh, end time prophecy is contained in uh, the book of Ezekiel here. So in Ezekiel thirty eight, this is widely agreed to be culmination of the end of time, and we'll read just a few verses. In verse 2, Son of man, set thy face against Gog in the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. Now this Gog and Magog, a lot of times back in the 80s, even then, the evangelical preachers would equate that with a great multitude or a host, and a lot of them said that it was China. And back in those days, China was kind of a backwards country. And then through the trade agreements of the late 90s, they began to increase in power, and now uh, by all accounts they are a rival superpower to the United States. But this chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, even since before the 1900s, this has been equated with Russia. Before communism, before any of that, and even into this day, all most scholars agree 
that this is the area of Russia. And it says, I am against thee, O Gog, and chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. I will turn thee back and put hooks in thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth, and all thine armies and thine horsemen, and all of them clothed in great sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, and handling swords. And here they're going to name some more countries that's with them, or the Lord is. Persia, this is Iran of today, Ethiopia and Libya, with them, all of them with shield and helmet. Gomer, and a lot of people think that this is up in, um, in Turkey. All of his vans in the house of Togarmath. This is, a lot of people think this is Armenia. Some of them think maybe Turkey. And all of his bands and many people with thee. It goes on to say how in the end times he'll send these against Israel. Now we look into the news and uh, we'll go to the events of the day. Right now we see Russia that is mentioned here specifically. They're in a battle basically with the West in Ukraine. And it appears they are they are being pushed back. Now we don't know exactly how this is going to play out. Obviously, Russia is holding back a lot of their military and they haven't unleashed the full its full power against the Ukraine. I mean, they have the power to basically end life on Earth with all their nuclear weapons and stuff. Um, they have the largest nuclear arsenal in the world, so obviously they are not being on total destruction at present. So the way things are going now... I. I prepared this for last week, but we didn't meet. So um, during last week, uh, the Ukrainian forces, with the help of the United States and NATO, were pushing back Russia out of some of the places that they have conquered. And it looked like the tide was turning. So we'll see. continue to watch that and see how it is. They said that if the U.S. supplied... Ukraine with longer range missiles that could hit Russian territory. It would be a red line for them and it would mean that the United States was a direct participant in the conflict. And so last week also President Putin of Russia met with President Xi of, of China and their alliance is solidifying as we saw uh, right there mentioned in Ezekiel. Um, it says they're seeking to counter the West and create a block that is a, a counterweight to the West. And by the West, I mean the U.S. and uh, Western Europe and, and their allies, Japan. They've also shut off a gas pipeline, or they've shut off most of their gas and energy into to Europe. As the temperature drops, this is going to put extreme pressure on Europe to do something. What they'll do, we that is yet future, but we can know that it is going to ratchet up the conflict. In the UK, their energy bills have tripled, and we're entering into an energy crisis there. And in the, in the middle of all this, we have Turkey, and Turkey is acting like a middleman, and we just saw there in Ezekiel, that area of Turkey. Uh, Turkey is also the descendant of the Islamic Caliphate, the Ottoman Turks that were did away with in 1918 after the First World War. A lot of this stuff that's happening today 
is actually a result of things that happened in the First World War. And our modern world is basically built off the First World War. And a few other things like energy and things of that nature. But too much for me to go into right now in a limited time. Um, Turkey is acting as a middleman between the West. They are a member of NATO, which locks them in with the West. But they're also bargaining playing the middleman with Ukraine and Russia. And last, last, or in August, Russia and Armenia, another one that was mentioned there, and Belarus and Iran went to Iran for war games with, with drones, like a drone tournament. And so there we have another link to all these nations mentioned here in the Bible growing closer and closer together militarily. So we got a, a strange thing there with Armenia. It's the, the politics are very complicated. The Armenians are largely Christian. And back in 1914 or so, the Turkish committed a genocide. And it's still something that they fight over, uh, arguing about. Is it even classified a genocide or whatever? Today, it's called the Armenian Genocide. They killed millions of Christians there. And so, Armenia and Turkey are there together. And they're always arguing. And right up north is Azerbaijan. And they're fighting with the Armenians, with Russia brokering between the two. And Azerbaijan, even though it's a Muslim nation, is very close with Israel. For whatever reason, Israel's supplying them with advanced tech. And there was like, uh, I've seen some satire from Israel that's like, we won't sell anybody our, our advanced weapons. Well, except Azerbaijan. We'll let them test them out or whatever. So they're probably using those weapons against the Armenians. They had a, a war last year. The Russians intervened and got a ceasefire. And now, last week, they started fighting again. At least 100 troops were killed. And that bears watching. It's uh, probable that that's going to heat up again. Iran doesn't like Azerbaijan, and they share a uh, border. So that area is primed to explode. And we saw Ethiopia... Uh, mentioned as well and we got the thing brewing down there they're in a civil war and uh, there's um, claims of ethnic cleansing and stuff like that and also we have the great renaissance dam down there on the nile that's causing problems between ethiopia and sudan and egypt with some of them threatening war over that dam egypt has a, a strong peace treaty with israel and strong military ties with the United States. So all these things are kind of separating into two separate sides, all kind of bound up there in the, the Middle East, and Libya is still in a civil war with Turkey right there in the mix. Turkey's fighting with Greece, who is also a NATO member, and you got the United Arab Emirates and Russia in Libya as well. So... It's just a powder keg with all kind of things tangled in there together. Also, nuclear power plant in Ukraine was besieged and it was knocked offline. The largest one in Europe. So there was a danger of nuclear meltdown there. That's never good. No, that's never good. They get a thing that going 
Uh, they've said that they're not going to start it back up until after Russia has been driven out of the Ukraine. Last I heard, it had taken heavy damage and been cut off from the power supply. But the thing about a nuclear power plant, even if it is shut down, it is still producing is still producing energy and heat, and especially the spent fuel rods in the spent fuel pools. So it has to. They should have never built these things because they can never be cut off from power. They're pushing power out full time. Uh, yet they're pushing out heat. And so they're covered in water and the, the plant has to have power to circulate the cooling water because after a while these rods, even though they're not good enough to run the reactor, they still give off heat. And after a while, if that water isn't circulating and cooling them, it'll begin to boil and it'll boil off. And when they're exposed to the air, the rods will catch fire and give off a highly radioactive smoke that'll basically poison hundreds or thousands of miles around. But anyway, that's about all for that area right now. Or not all, but all we'll cover tonight. And we remember that the Lord has promised if we are not obedient to His commands, then He'll send all kinds of pestilences, which are plagues, sicknesses upon us. And He's also, a lot of this comes from Leviticus chapter 26 and other places. The, the plagues that He'll send upon the world. And as we look out, this country and all over the world, the things that they are promoting are clearly against the law of God. And if His promises are true, and, and we know they are, then we can certainly expect to see His punishments coming down on the world. And I don't think that there's any, can be any doubt of that from the COVID epidemic that has basically changed the, the whole way of the world and set off all these conflicts. It was COVID basically that set all this stuff into motion with the, the, the high inflation and these nations fighting and everybody kind of sucking back into their self because it was globalization and everybody's like global this, global that. And then with COVID, it shut down everything. I believe it is from the Lord as punishment for disobedience of his word if we read leviticus 26 it lists all the things that he would bless us with if we followed his commandments and all the things he would curse us with one of them was uh pestilence with pestilence you have sickness we had covid obviously and then we got that basically created a, almost a civil war from the people that would follow the the mandates and then the people wanting to impose all these draconian mandates can't use your money or they freeze your bank accounts if you don't get vaccinated and they created a us versus them mentality between the populace of many many countries much more so in some than others and we saw especially troubling as the season of the bank accounts and the ability to conduct commerce whether or not we would listen to the governments in New York last week, they declared a state of emergency over polio, a virus from the past that has basically been conquered, a terrible virus, but uh, now it's spreading again in New York. Um, they say low vaccination rates. I, I couldn't tell you, but it's uh, in the news. And we have also the, the plague of monkeypox spreading in uh, appears to be certain populations. Um, that are against the law of the Lord. But, uh, if you, they say that monkeypox is immune, because they don't, they 
It'll spread into adjacent communities, the women that have relations with those men that are in those communities, and then it'll spread from there from the women to the other men, yes. It all goes back to, to fornication and such as that. But we see that spreading, and that is something new. It's never been like a, a virus that really spreads. And then on the disaster front in Pakistan, there's flooding that killed, or not killed, but covered like one-third of the country was inundated. If you look at satellite pictures, there's like a great huge lake in the middle of the country, and that has displaced like 33 million people. That place just happens to be their prime agricultural land, so it's been flooded, so we can expect famine there. Normally they would um, be able to pull from other places in the world, but because of the the fighting in the Ukraine, we got 30% of the world's grain supplies wrapped up there. So during this coming winter, everybody is expecting uh, to have much higher food prices because like in the U.S., they're selling off their cattle herds because they can't get water for them and the feed's too much. So even though beef is still high, you're going to have a lot of beef on the market. But it's going to take them a long time to re re up those cattle supplies. So uh, beef and uh, I saw up at the store a while ago. All the I thought the milk cooler was down. The uh, uh, wasn't no milk there. Right. We have record-breaking heat in Europe. A thousand people dead in a month or so. Rivers are all over the world, or major rivers all over the world are drying up. The Colorado River is drying. Um, that provides much of the drinking water and agriculture water to the American West, which is one of the greatest producers of food in the world, out in California and, and the West out there. Also provides power to uh, Las Vegas and much of the West through the Hoover Dam, and it's about to drop to where they can't. Lake Mead's about to drop so low they're not going to be generating power at the Hoover Dam. The Po River, longest river in Italy, has basically dried up, and it the 30% of the agricultural land in Italy is around that river. It's where Parmesan cheese and things like that come from. The Laurier in France, that's uh, what supplies the wine country with water in France, is drying up. It's the last wild river in France. Uh, the Danube, which is in a famous river in Germany, it's drying up and it's getting where they can't transport fuel supplies up it. Why is all these rivers drying up, man? Well, uh, you know. I know why, but I'm like, man, it, it, somebody, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's a sign of the times if we remember, if we remember in the book of Revelation in the 16th chapter, it says that the one of the main signs is the Euphrates River drying up and uh, to make way for the kings of the east to come against Israel. And if you look, do a quick Google search today to see how the, the Euphrates River is doing, well, we'll see what it says. All you got to do is look. Um, well, you can tell one thing. 
the, the book that says it's happening is happening right here from you know what I'm saying? It's happening exactly as it says it would. And, you know, some of it people could write off as coincidence, but we have nations by name who are fighting and if we look at like chess pieces on a chessboard, the things are lining up for for a nice end game there. If we just now obviously we don't know the de facto sign is the Antichrist, but the all the signs are there. Also in that twenty sixth chapter of Leviticus, the Lord promised attacks by wild beasts. Now certainly as many people now don't get killed by wild beasts as in the past, I wouldn't assume. But I was figuring that would be a harder one to, to come across because we've done killed most of the wild beasts. But, strangely, in the last few months, you know, whether or not you got to take this with a grain of salt because you don't know what the stats are from year to year. Other years could have had more animal attacks, but we're hearing more about them. So whether or not they're happening, it don't matter. Like like the school shootings, for instance. Back before 98, there's been, uh, 1998, there were, there were massacres in schools. One dude, the largest school massacre was like in the 1900s or the early 1900s when a guy blew up a school over property taxes. But that never spread. The... But what happened with the school shootings is after the Columbine, everybody heard about it because of mass media and it goes back to Babylon and everybody being able to communicate and they copycats sprung up. And also it let everybody know about it. But so with these wild beast attacks, they're becoming more and more in the news for whatever reason. Like, uh, in Florida and South Carolina, alligator attacks killed uh, I heard that. Both of them. That's crazy. several several women and a man was attacked. Uh, you never ever heard about alligators attacking um, up until like recently. Shark attacks are all over the world. Like a few months ago during the summer, they were having to clear beaches because of all the the sharks in the water. Shark attacks. Now we don't know what the statistics are. Previous years could have been more attacks. Uh, in California, there's something called waterline isopods that are clearing the beaches in San Diego. They're like little bugs that they like jab into you, I guess, and they say it feels like pinpricks and like thousands of these things will be chasing people off the beach. And monkeys in Asia and India are starting to attack people in uh, India. They snatched a baby and threw it off a, off a building. They killed a baby in Tanzania, and they're attacking people all over Japan. In Yellowstone National Park, the bison are starting to attack are starting to attack tourists. So we'll keep an eye on these animal attacks because the Lord has promised that He'll bring the wild beast against people. But but to wrap things up, the thing that kind of made me want to go ahead and do this as a, a sign of the times thinking about the generation not passing until all these things be fulfilled. Last week, or the week before last, the Queen of England died. And, um, you know, there's controversy over how the the people of this age relate to the people of the Bible, but many people think, or 
regardless of what you think, the British Empire has been probably, and along with the Spanish Empire, has been the strongest propagators of Christianity throughout the world through their colonies and their control of, in the 1900s, especially the British. Uh, the British controlled 25% of the population of the world and they controlled 25% of the land. And they also fulfilled several of the prophecies concerning the Israelite people of controlling all the uh, the sea lanes of the world. And then with World War One, that kind of started fading off, but the U.S. is also a descendant of the British Empire. The British Empire, when the, the Queen died, they started... People spontaneously started saving God, or God saved the king in front of Buckingham Palace, and that comes straight from the Bible. We'll look there really quick in 1 Kings chapter 1. And by all accounts, uh, Queen Elizabeth was a, a very Christian woman. She behaved herself with dignity her, her whole life. Their song of God saved the king comes from First, uh, first Kings 38 and 40, and Zadok the priest took a horn of oil, and out of the tabernacle anointed Solomon, blew the trumpet, and all the people said, God save King Solomon. And so for, throughout time, that has always been linked to the British monarchy. They have singing of that song. Also, the British kings used to be coronated on what is called the Stone of Scone, and many people thought that that was Jacob's pillar from the... Uh, the Bible, but and there's many other things that link them to the Word of God. Even if all that is not true, there can be no question that the British Empire has an extremely important place in the history of Christianity and its propagation throughout the world. So Charles is now king, and soon his coronation will be there. But Back in the day when I was all studying all these things, I, I noticed that King Charles was born in 1948, just a few months after, just a few months after the nation of Israel came into being, and he's a very old man now, and it just keyed in my mind that this generation shall not pass before all these things be fulfilled, and we have a, a monarch of a major power in the world, Although he does not have much power today, he is a figurehead and we don't know exactly how his reign will be. They say he is very concerned with climate change and such as that. We'll, in special studies, we're going to go in the next few weeks after Luke and look at this climate change talk. But it just was um, kind of brought my mind back to that because I always said to myself, that whenever Charles took charge, it would be a time to look more closely at the things going on, and it doesn't mean anything. King Charles could die tomorrow, and uh, it wouldn't necessarily have uh, an impact on anything, but I just thought it was something to take note of, and I've always felt that since uh, the first moment I saw it. He was born, and in 1918, the Israel exists today because of the British Empire. In 1918, it also calls up a, a person that, uh, a prophecy that Jerusalem will be liberated as birds flying. And 
the British had these biplanes in 1918 and they retook and there was a, a air battle over Jerusalem with these biplanes and they retook it from the, uh, the Turkish, the Ottoman Turks and they set up a mandate and they took over the whole Middle East with France and they partitioned it into all these countries of the Middle East today that they just blocked them all together. It wasn't, didn't take into no consideration the tribes and ethnicities and stuff like that. And they just cut them up. And it was from that British mandate that Israel came into being. So it was straight from the British Empire that the nation of Israel came. But, so we'll wrap it up there today, but with him being born there, Israel coming from the British Empire and the new British king being born in 48. It's uh, something that all bears watching, but we know that the Lord God is in control and as we see, His Word transpires exactly as it is written. Uh, are there any other questions, comments, concerns? We'll end in prayer. Dear righteous Heavenly Father, we know that Thy Word is true and correct. We ask that You, no matter what the times are, You protect us as we know You will and we ask that You show us what Your will is in these troubling times. We ask that things do not happen in our age. I personally do because I know that it will be a, a troubling time. And we ask that whatever Your will be, You show it to us and You protect us during those times. We ask for healing and protection of our families. And we ask for a good and happy life. All these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.